From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. You know, everybody's talking about inflation. That ISM inflation piece uh, certainly is getting a lot of attention today. It'll be interesting to see if interest rates move as a result of those uh, inflation concerns. Uh, And then beyond that, it's, you know, we get another 130 S&P 500 companies reporting earnings. I don't expect a big move in these overall stats, but certainly we'd like to see uh, the upside and estimates continue to, to go higher. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, Jeff Bookbinder on the line. This is a special walking wounded edition of our Market Signals podcast. Jeff and I will discuss some of our injuries here um, quite soon, actually. But, you know, hopefully everyone's having a good week. And Jeff, let's just get into it. You and I, last week, we talked about some of our injuries. I've had a major back issue and your ankle's been hurting. How's the ankle update? What is it? The ankle is is much better, thanks. Uh, it, it swelled up pretty bad last week. Yeah. Uh, I, I tweaked it. I don't even know exactly where it happened, but uh, thankfully I'm getting around pretty well today. Not not so much uh, last week. How, how's the back feeling? Yeah, back um, back still hurts, but you did send me a picture of your ankle and I I was like, wow. The guy's not kidding. That thing swelled up probably the size of like a human head, it seemed like, and all that discoloration. But um, I'm glad that you're doing better. So my back, I had back surgery, I guess it was September of 2015. And it was pretty good after that. And honestly, I haven't had any issues. And starting, I think, about last Wednesday, probably, um, we're recording this podcast on Monday. So um, it started started hurting. It started hurting a lot, actually. And um, went to a doctor. They gave me some medicine. So the plan is to do some physical therapy. And if it keeps hurting, go do an MRI. The, the x-ray said that things looked okay. Uh, so we'll see. But as long as I stand or literally lay on my stomach, I'm okay. It's when I'm sitting in a chair that uh, things don't feel good. Just driving in the work this morning, it was quite uncomfortable. So I'm glad I don't have any long flights. You know, if I'm glad if I, if I were flying to California today, I think I'd be in a lot of trouble. But nonetheless, um, right now it feels all right. So we'll just... Uh, just take it easy. But yeah, the walking wounded special podcast here. So guys, again, um, you know, we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. Well, actually, what we talked about wasn't fun at all, our injuries, but nonetheless, uh, sell in May go away. We are in May. We're going to take a look at that. Also, earnings update feels like every week Jeff comes on and uses different superlatives to describe the earnings. Um, incredible beats. We'll see how he describes it this time because it is literally off the charts in some ways. And then a little bit of an economic roundup and Fed discussion. Uh, we'll kind of see where that even goes. We've got some things we want to talk about. I know a manufacturing data piece just came out as we're as we're discussing, but um, we'll, we'll finish things up talking about that. So Jeff, sell it may go away. I'll let you kind of start um, and I'll kind of chime in. But the worst six months of the year historically start right now, May through October, up about 1.7% on average, still positive, but it is by far the worst uh, six months. And we just left the best six months, November to April, we gained like 28% during the best six months. Um, so should we sell a may go away? Should we hide under a bunker? You know, think for the next six months, just pop our head out um, after thanks or not Thanksgiving after uh, Halloween. What do you think? Oh, I, th- I think that's too strong. Uh, yep. Yeah. We've been talking about, your peak optimism and how you know it's hard to envision conditions getting even better from um, you know where they've been and sure a pullback is possible probably likely here in the near term given how far we've come right we're up almost ninety percent off the lows right. of last year uh, so sure a little bit of a pullback would would make sense here but um, you know just to just to sell go away for six months that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
No, me either. I, you know, Ben Hargood on our team points out, listen, it might be the worst six months, but you're still making almost 2%, especially when you factor in dividends and total returns. So let's not just totally hide. But again, on the YouTube channel, if you're watching along there, uh, we do share, again, the kind of the returns. In the next six months or so, up 1.7% and up about 65% of the time, which, again, are the worst months there. But I think it's, you know, it's so important to point some things out here. So we're entering the month of May. I think we should call it sell in June. And here's why. When you look at May, S&P has been higher seven of the last eight years. When you look at a post-election year, May is actually, again, for whatever reason, uh, the third strongest month on average. Also, when you have a 5% gain the month of April, we talked, remember a month ago, we said hey, April is usually pretty strong. Well, was it ever? Stocks gained over 5%, at least the S&P did, uh, the month of April. Well, when that happens, go back to World War II, May is higher nine out of 10 times when you have a 5% or greater return in April. So believe me, we call this market signals for a reason, all the different things to consider. Um, but just one other reason, I'll just say, okay, I'm out just because it's May 1st. And um, you know, you think things are going to just fall apart because we don't, we don't see that at all. The other thing I want to point out here, just if you look at what's happened, what have you done from recently? All right. Recently, May has been, I'm sorry, the, the, this six-month period, sell May period from May through Halloween into October has been higher eight out of 10 times, up about 4% on average. So we just threw a lot of numbers at you, but some of them would say, you know what, um, maybe this bull market can continue. Now, Jeff just pointed out we've listed some of the, and we think it will. I mean, I want to be very clear there, but still, you know, after an 87% rally, you overlay this rally with the one-off 2009 lows. They're almost identical. This one's gained a little bit more, but that one started to peak right about now, had about a 16% correction during the sell in May period in the summer months, and then kind of moved, uh, moved higher. I mean, Jeff, let's say we do have a sell in May. Let's say we do have, um, you know, a pullback or maybe even a correction, you know, 10%, which wouldn't be that crazy to think after a 90% rally. What do you think would do it? What could stub our toe to actually cause uh, some some of the normal weakness you tend to see in summer months? Well, the, the obvious answer is people get more worried about the Fed, right? We're going to see more inflation. Does the market you know, continue to believe that that inflation is temporary, as the Federal Reserve has been telling us? Or does it start to worry about the Fed maybe getting behind the curve, having to you know step on the brakes and and uh, slow us down in the in the fall? So I think that's probably the most likely cause uh, of a um, pullback or correction in the U.S. Uh, but certainly we're not out of the woods with COVID yet, um, particularly uh, in uh, India and some other countries around the world. Uh, absolutely, you know I just was on CNBC a couple hours ago, and Stephanie Link was on, and she listed five or six very bullish points, you know, the economy, consumer confidence, spending, retail sales, whatever it is, you know, everything looks really, really good. Okay. And I think, you know, you have to remember though, a year ago, things didn't look good. And that's when we had that five month win streak. So again, this is kind of some of the themes we've touched on is how much is priced in, right? I mean, earnings season, I thought we had a high bar. We're talking about earnings pretty soon. We cleared the high bar relatively easily, but eventually the bar is going to get a little high and all this good news that's uh, priced in, if you will, maybe you could just have a normal um, normal correction. I mean, honestly, look at the 10-year yield, right? 10-year yield had a huge move, as we know, to start this year. Last month, we had extremely strong economic data, yet the 10-year yield actually dropped about 10 basis points during the month of April. So again, maybe some of that is potentially uh, priced in. So Jeff, any final comments on sell in May? And then we'll, we'll move forward. I, I can't think of anything I want to say. Anything you want to point out there, though? Well, we've had two flat weeks in a row, basically, for yeah. stocks. And so 
And there was a lot of good news, particularly on earnings. So maybe that's the start of a period where the market says, you know what? Uh, Most of the good news is priced in. The bar for further gains is is getting higher right as May begins. Yeah, and then just look what the market's telling us. Right, you know, all of a sudden, real estate starting to do really well. Uh, a little bit more of a defensive area. Some of the defensive areas are starting to pop their head out. Technology, Nasdaq, Nasdaq 100 hasn't really made new highs in a while. So there's some cracks under the surface, uh, for sure. But I do want to point out, Jeff, today is actually, I believe it's called National Paranormal Day. Um, so we're going to point this out because we've had some weird stuff happen. All right. I was on CNBC earlier. <laughs> My computer just like restarted live on TV. Thank God I was like near the end of the interview. Um, you know, and, and I think you said you've had some weird things happening already today. Is that correct? Yeah. Some things, uh, have broken around the house. So, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe there's something paranormal about what's, uh, what's going on over here. Uh, it could be. I mean, I'm not too big into the paranormal stuff, but my wife, Emily, she she is. I remember when we first started dating, it was like, I forget, I forget how it even worked. It was like one of the rooms, she was, oh, don't go in there when it's dark. I go, why? She's like, well, there's orbs and stuff floating around. So I, anyway, she's kind of into that. I'm, I'm not as much. I will say something really weird happened. I've never talked about this out loud, but hey, it's amongst friends. So like my dad died um, three years ago. Well, then the very first night that my wife, and I and my brother came down to Charlotte to visit and my mom were all in the same house for the first time since he passed away. And we had like um, this big light up top, um, a sh- chandelier, I guess is what I'm looking for, like a chandelier with all these different bulbs and stuff. Middle of the night, like three in the morning, two of the bulbs just exploded. The light wasn't even on. It made no sense at all. And I always thought like that was dad just saying hi. It was, it was a weird one. <laughs> I mean, it's never happened since, but the first time we were all together after he passed away, that happened. So, hey, uh, maybe that stuff, you know, it can be there. And those movies are scary. That paranormal activity, I, that one, I don't know, that one freaked me out. Even though I'm saying it doesn't scare me, that one freaked me out pretty good. So, so Jeff, I do have some bad news, though. Um, we're going to do our final dog joke. All right, we've done talking dog jokes the last couple of weeks. It's been pretty popular, to be honest. There's not that many more talking dog jokes. Maybe some of you are are pretty happy. Um, and this one's just as stupid as the other ones. <laughs> Jeff, do you know what is cooler than a talking dog? No idea. Maybe a, a talking sp- cat yeah. would be my a, guess. A spelling B. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I know. I know. I told you they're terrible. So we're at the bottom of the barrel, but we are officially done with talking dog jokes. A lot of you enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. It's kind of fun finding them. I mean, but you know, if you want to listen two two weeks ago was by far the best one and they've, they've gone downhill since, but uh, anyway, it's a fun joke that you can use if you want to on paranormal day. So Jeff, let's go forward. Now we're going to talk about earnings and I'll turn it over to you here. I, it is just unbelievable. Every time I look, these earnings literally um, are off the off the charts, as we say, and you can explain what that means. Uh, people watching on the YouTube channel, but just how amazing has this earnings season been? Let's take it away. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed it if if you told me this is what was going to happen. You know, if I had a crystal ball, mm-hmm. uh, the you know the fact that we generated significant upside for three quarters, analysts raised their estimates for three quarters. And then we still blew away those estimates uh, by as much as we ever have before. It, it's really hard to believe. I mean, we could take the rest of the podcast just talking about all the records that S&P 500 earnings have broken. But just, you know, to go through real fast, um, you know, we've got um, about 22 percentage points of upside now. Uh, the That's pretty much uh, the all-time record. We, we did something similar uh, in Q2 of last year. The 
Revenue upside is almost 4%. If that holds, that's an all-time record. And then the beat rate, um, it's around 87.5% right now. If that holds, that's an all-time record. Um, almost 88% of S&P 500 companies are beating estimates. That It's just, um, it, it's really tremendous uh, how, how much growth has come through, even though the bar kept getting higher and higher. Yeah, and let's not forget, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this upcoming earnings season, we mentioned our weekly market commentary that you put together. By the way, uh, rewind just for a second. This week's weekly market commentary here at LPL Research is indeed on sell in May, go away. Also, LPLresearch.com late last week. I guess on Friday, we did a blog on sell in May, go away. So you can uh, you can see that there. Um, but you know, it's just, just amazing, Jeff. And you pointed out, again, a couple of weeks ago, Listen, expectations are maybe 24, 25%, give or take. I, you know, we think we can hit 30. We're one of the more optimistic shops, you know, out there. And we just blew it away. Now we're looking well over 40. I mean, is there, you're saying there's a chance, right? To quote Jim Carrey. Are you saying there's a chance we can hit 50% earnings growth in the first quarter? I mean, if, if this keeps going this way? That's going to be tough, but it's, it's possible. You know, now that we're through uh, the biggest earners, right? The biggest market cap companies. Uh, it, it's tougher for one company to move the needle that much. Uh, but there's still, you know, what, almost uh, 200 companies left. So sure, it's possible, but typically the, the bulk of the upside comes uh, over the first, uh, you know, half to 60% uh, of the results. Yeah, and that's obviously what we've seen. And, you know, so we've got revenue expected to be up about 9%. I just want to read some of the big headline companies that you all know and love. Maybe some of them you don't love. I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, you all know them. So Amazon revenue up 44%. Google revenue up 34%. Facebook revenue up 48%. And Apple revenue up 54%. In, amazingly, Apple's second quarter revenue uh, was greater than a 12-month, uh, the trailing 12-month revenue of 330 companies in the S&P 500, what they just did last quarter. And that is absolutely incredible. Jeff, the question I have for you then, I just listed all those huge beats, yet revenue, I'm going to say, is only up 9%. How can that be? It seems to me like revenue should be up a lot more with some of those numbers I just said. How is it only 9%? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know, the rest of the S&P 500 isn't growing as fast, <laughs> frankly. Go. And those big companies, you know, those are a lot of the stay-at-home, work-from-home winners, right? Well, what's on the other side of that? It's the stay-at-home, work-from-home losers. And so you've got a lot of, you know, year-over-year uh, -year revenue declines for some of the companies hit hardest by uh, the pandemic. Certainly, you know, things like airlines, hotels, right? Because um, remember, a year ago, things were pretty normal for most of the quarter, the first quarter of 2020. So um, those tough comparisons certainly um, have caused some, some companies to struggle. Uh, a lot of them in the industrial sector, then some in the energy sector as well, we're seeing uh, revenue declines. Uh, absolutely. So, so let's move forward. So along the lines of earnings, I guess it's, you call it a cousin, is GDP. We're going to do a little bit of an economic roundup here, Jeff, for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, you know, the first quarter GDP came in at 6.4%, pretty much in line with what was expected. Uh, we're looking at maybe 10% GDP in the second quarter. Again, easier comparisons. Uh, Jeff, you know, is there anything that stood out to you when you dissected the GDP number that we got last week? Yeah, I, I think um, when you look at a GDP report, it's always interesting to see what happens with inventories because that tells you uh, something about what happened and might happen in the subsequent quarter. 
So we actually got an inventory drag here. Uh, those of you watching can see that purple bar below the zero line, right? When you get an inventory drawdown, that means companies have to make more stuff in the next quarter. So that tells you we're going to get a little bit of an inventory bump in Q2. And then you, you know, take that. We already had expectations for close to 10% GDP growth next quarter. Uh, that could even be a little bit better. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I guess let's see, we had consumption at a 10.7% annualized uh, return. That's the second highest since the 60s. Um, and then federal non-defense spending added uh, to, to the most GDP in about 60 years. So definitely some, uh, some pretty amazing numbers. I mean, Jeff, I know we just upgraded our view on the GDP, not the GDP and rates, not that long ago. Do you think we're going to have to upgrade our view on GDP again here with all this incredible data we keep seeing? Oh, that's that's tough. I mean, the high end of our range is six and three quarters. Right. Uh, percent for the year. So uh, we could do seven, but I wouldn't call that a layup. Okay. All right. That makes sense. We'll so you're comfortable where we are. That's good. All right. For now. Yep. For now. And again, we'll see. Just things keep opening up. So Jeff, this weekend was the big Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, um, Berkshire Hathaway annual uh, shareholders meeting. I believe it was in Los Angeles. Um, so kind of interesting there. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to spend too much time here, but was there any nugget of knowledge or anything interesting that, that you uh, this, uh, found from the Oracle of Omaha over the weekend? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, they pointed out one of the pockets of froth that we have been uh, talking about, that's SPACs. Um, you know, that's one, I mean, you could point to cryptocurrencies as well. And then some of the massive runs in these stay-at-home winners. Um, you know, this market has some areas that are probably a little bit overheated. And so, you know, that doesn't mean sell your stocks. It just means, you know, be careful about the allocations that you have. Um, so I think that was interesting that um, both uh, Warren and Charlie talked about that. Um, you know, but otherwise you just got to hand it to these guys. I mean, 90 and 97 years old and they're out right. there for, for four hours uh, answering questions. And, and <laughs> I mean, if you're 97, why would you pull punches anyway? But boy, Charlie Munger does not uh, pull punches. He tells you what he thinks, <laughs> needless to say. That's quite entertaining to listen to. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's just it's fascinating. I mean, 97 years old, you and I do this podcast for like 23, 24 minutes, and we try not to screw up. Those guys are, <laughs> the lights are on for four hours and do a lot better than we do. So that's, uh, it's awesome. And I, it reminds me of the Warren Buffett quote. I know we used it right about a year ago. And Warren said, every decade or so, the skies will become dark and storms will come in. When it happens, get your buckets ready because it'll rain gold. I know we use that exact same quote, you know, a year ago, and it's the one that you know, things are good now. There's no doubt about it, right? I mean, but skies will get dark again. And it makes so much sense to have a plan in place beforehand, be willing to accept the fact that, you know, we had a 34% correction, you know, God willing, hopefully we see another 34% correction all of our lifetimes that are listening to this. Hope it's not gonna be time soon, but bear markets happen, right? And you have to have that plan in place, but to listen to Warren there, there's a reason he's one of the richest men in the world. He's used those pullbacks as opportunities, not to panic, to bet on America. And uh, we'll have an opportunity again. We don't think anytime quite soon, but it'll it'll definitely happen um, once again. So yeah, hopefully um, you guys got a chance to see some of the that um that shareholder meeting and annual shareholder meeting it was it was awesome. So Jeff, you know, we'll talk now a little bit about we wrote a blog on this and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's the idea Barry on our team has said, you know, 
we're technically still in a recession, all right? We think maybe we could be inching closer to the NBER officially announcing that the recession is over and the expansion started, you know, probably sometime last summer. Uh, what we found was the NBER is not about being first. They're about being right. About 15 months on average after the recession ends, when they go back retroactively, is when they announce that, you know, indeed the expansion is taking place and the recession is over. So again, you know, if you think that, um, you know, maybe say sometime last summer or so, we're inching closer to, to about a year or so maybe of an expansion and a likely um, higher GDP number, like Barry said, uh, Barry Gilbert pointed out, you know, 6% GDP this quarter, 10% next quarter. We're not in a recession anymore. I mean, there's, things aren't perfect. The employment picture is still kind of a um, little dark, I guess. The skies are dark, like uh, Uncle Warren would say. But there's some some positive things coming. I mean, Jeff, what's your take? Do you think we're inching closer to the official end of the recession, even though we all know the recession is over? Oh, I think it could come any day, uh, or at least a declaration of it. But when they do declare the recession over, the end date will probably be sometime last summer. Uh, right. You know, and then the, the reason I think this is coming soon is because, you know, the look at just the quarters where the rebounds were sharpest, which lag is only about 10 months. So you could say we're actually overdue for uh, NBER to make this call. No, I, I think um, that's exactly right. And I think it's it's um, probably going to happen soon. You know, I think they probably want to do it before that 10% GDP print in about three months from now. Um, you know, so it doesn't look too too ridiculous if they're behind the curve, but it, it, it's coming. And uh, Jeff, let's take a, a minute or two just to discuss, this is extremely important, our NFL team's drafts. I'm a Bengals fan, which is just agony, and you're a Chiefs fan, which has uh, been many more smiles. You go first. Were you happy with your draft? I was happy with the draft. Uh, I like getting Patrick Mahomes more protection with a couple mm -hmm. offensive linemen, and they added what looks like a really good linebacker uh, in, in the uh, second round, they didn't have any first round picks, but the, the linebacker they added in the second round sounds like quite a player. So that's okay. good. The problem is they they lost Sammy Watkins, uh, the wide receiver. So they they did not get a replacement for him. It doesn't appear. So maybe they'll add a, a wide receiver in free agency. OK, well, no, that's the joy of that. It, there's always some good players that get cut, you know, during early in training camp and you can pick somebody up. So I'm just going to go through something real quickly here. Uh, a guy named by the name of Abwehi in 2015, Bengals first round pick, missed the whole season. A guy by the name of Will Jackson, 2016, missed the whole season as a rookie. Uh, John Ross missed his whole season as a rookie in 2017. 2018, Billy Price played half the season. That's pretty good. Um, Jonah Williams, tackle from um, Alabama, missed his whole rookie season if the Bengals took him. Joe Burrow made it to week 10, and he literally ripped his leg in half. So you get what I'm getting at. It doesn't matter who the Bengals pick. It's unbelievable that they seem to pick guys that get hurt or don't play. So we'll see. But I overall, I, I wish they would have just picked a big tackle from Oregon to protect Joe Burrow. But we'll see. As a Bengal fan, we always kind of look at the darkness versus the light. It's just what we've learned over the years. But I did see video of Joe Burrow actually running around throwing a football. So got a little ways to go to get healthy, but it looks like he's on his way. So enough about that. Um, Jeff, you know, the other thing that got me last week, when you look at the economic data that we had, incomes are absolutely soaring. Um, you know, and it makes sense. We're giving people money and that kind of counts in there. But, you know, I mean, the, the number, let's see, I think we've got, you know, over... 
personal income, I forget the number. I had it in front of me. You remember what personal income was up? I know I had it here, but I guess I don't have it. Oh, here 21, it is. Up 21, 21%. 21. Yep. 21% year over year is the jump in personal income. Um, you know, that's, and then it kind of also is a lot of money in savings, uh, which we'll talk in a second. But you want to just, that's the num biggest number we've ever seen by an astronomical number. I think we had like a 5% jump in 2008. Now you got up 21%. Again, government's giving people money. Uh, but what's your take on that? Oh, there's just a massive amount of excess savings in the system. And so, and there's more coming, right? More fuel, right. Uh, potentially, or at least more paychecks uh, coming with the infrastructure spending, the uh, family's plan, depending on how much we get uh, when all of that goes through. So um, this number is going to be high for a while. I think the savings rate is 28%. I mean, these are just ridiculous numbers. It's It's, it's just... And of course, the people who are out of work, uh, we feel for them, they're not benefiting from this so much. Uh, but the people who have a job and have this excess savings coming in uh, certainly have a lot of fuel to spend. But consumer spending is the of economic growth. And yeah. so uh, that's why we're going to see a big quarter in Q2. And then as the economy continues to reopen, uh, it's certainly not fully open yet. Then you're talking about essentially another massive stimulus plan, right? So all the stuff hitting at once um, is is really, uh, I mean, that's why that maybe 7% GDP growth this year is doable. Some people certainly think with all the stimulus coming through plus the reopen that, that this economy could grow 8% this year, which I think would be the biggest growth in, in four decades. Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously just all the things you just listed, all the stimulus, improving economy, the Fed backstop is still there. That's one of the reasons a lot of people think we could have, you know, more inflation uh, coming down the road. As we discussed a few weeks ago, that's not our base case. Some of the big picture structural things, technology and productivity, um, the Amazon effect. Some of those things are still in play, which we think will put a cap on inflation. But it may, you know, you, you make some good arguments that maybe inflation could be a problem down the road. I mean, just look at copper. Look at all these industrial metals. Look at the grains. A lot of these are breaking out to either 52-week highs or all-time highs. Um, but yeah, the personal savings rate came in at just under 28%, second highest ever, only to April of 2020. And when you look at how much money is in personal savings right now, it's over $6 trillion, with a T, $6 trillion. One could say it's a lot of cash on the sidelines. And um, you know, it doesn't mean it has to go to the stock market and go other places. But again, we talked before, this is the first recession in the history of recessions with reliable data, at least with credit card data, that credit card balances actually went down during the recession. Normally, you're going to see higher credit card um, overall debt levels of credit cards. Wasn't the case this time. And a lot of, of course, is some of the unique ways we're doing it. I mean, Jeff, here's the question. There's no answer. And this kind of makes my head explode. When we have the next recession, are we just going to do this again, you think? I mean, it's, it seems like a kind of a dangerous way to view it that the government's just going to hand people money. I mean, this this 100-year pandemic was different, but the next normal recession, you know, is this the way we're going? And politicians, maybe they're going to say, you know what, next recession, I'll give you a $3,000 check. Oh, I'll give you a $7,000 check. That's what gets you to our advisor, 17,000 advisors. They ask us a lot. That's their concern. What, what's your take, like the next recession, how we respond to it? Yeah, I think it depends on the cause, right? I mean, everybody was in agreement that this, this wasn't anybody's fault. Right, right. It was an you know an exogenous shock, and um, there was every reason to help people as much as possible uh, to get past the health crisis. Um, if we have a more normal recession, it might start uh, potentially in the financial system. It could start, you know, could center around banks, could center around leverage, 
something like that, that, you know, could be more sort of the economy's fault mm-hmm. or consumer's fault or business's fault, maybe taking on too much inventory. Those are the types of things that typically have caused recessions in the past. Uh, the response to those types of things, we would not expect uh, to be as aggressive. Yeah, uh, good points there. So Jeff, we've got like a two or three minutes this week. Earnings are still wrapping up. We've got um, jobs number on Friday. You can talk about that. What's got your attention? What should investors be looking for this week to move markets? Oh, the, the jobs number is certainly the, the the big one this week, and we could get a million plus. Uh, we'll see. Uh, beyond that, I mean, the, you know, inf- everybody's talking about inflation. That price component of the ISM was, I think, as hot as it's ever been. <laughs> so uh, prices, we know prices are going up. Uh, certainly some of it is supply chain issues, chip shortages, and things like that. Uh, those of you who have pools in your backyard know there's even a chlorine shortage out wow. there. Uh, there are shortages of lots of stuff uh, and prices of lots of components are going up. So I think that ISM inflation piece uh, certainly is getting a lot of attention today. It'll be interesting to see if interest rates move as a result of those uh, inflation concerns. Uh, and then beyond that, it's, you know, we get another 130 S&P 500 companies reporting earnings. I don't expect a big move in these overall stats from those companies, but certainly we'd like to see uh, the upside and estimates continue to, to go higher. No, absolutely. So Jeff, we've kind of hit the end of the road this week in the LPL Market Signals podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for Neil, our producer, for helping us get this out there the best quality that we can. Jeff and I need all the help we can get sometimes in some of these things. Literally, we've, we started recording this right well, a little bit ago, obviously, and I had the wrong slide up on the first slide. So we, we, we need help, but we, we got there. I blame it as paranormal day, that's why. Um, and thanks everyone for continuing to listen to this. If you, if you wanna help us, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review, it does go a long way. So with all of that, uh, Jeff and I are going to try and get healthy. His ankle, my back, we'll be back next week to give the latest update on our ailments. And hopefully we're doing better with a little bit more market discussion as well. So we'll see everybody next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. This material was provided by LPL Financial. It's for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates. 
which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.